Welcome back to another episode of the Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Clinton, editor and columnist for Heartland College Sports. If you like our show, please consider subscribing and leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And make sure you send a screenshot of the review to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get you guys a free koozie out in the mail. Today, we're going to talk something that is unprecedented and something that we just haven't seen in college football or really any other sport for that matter, and that is the situation that's going on in Boulder, Colorado. It's an incredible situation that Deion Sanders is building and one that we're really not sure how it's going to play out. And so there's just intrigue from fans and media alike uh, just to see what happens up there. And for some backstory, Colorado hired Deion Sanders this last offseason after going 1-11 and in the Pac-12 last year and and just an awful season for by any standards. Uh, and certainly for a team like Colorado, who has had glimpses of, of great play in the, in the in the past, it just was unacceptable. And so uh, the former Big 12 uh, members are, are looking for for a hot hire. And what, what do they do? They go out and they get Deion Sanders, who at the time was probably the splashiest hire you could you could go out and get. Uh, Sanders had plenty of success at Jackson State. Uh was was incredible, uh, you know, at that level of football, and it, it looked like uh, it was maybe just a a hire just to get some publicity. But at the end of the day, Dion he knows football just as well as anybody. Uh, he's a former All Pro, uh, one of the best, regarded by many as as one of the best, if not the best, defensive back uh, to ever play the the game. So. Uh, we're we're looking at a guy that that's proven that he knows how to win. He's been part of winning teams. He's been part of uh, of, of several uh, stints of success uh, throughout his career, and so he comes in and, and he inherits a roster that is that has problems everywhere. There's problems all over the place. Um, you know, you don't. There's just not depth where it needs to be at the for what he expects of this program going forward. And so he inherits a roster with 83 players on scholarship entering the 2022 season. There were 83 players at Colorado on scholarship. Since April 15th, which is just 12 days ago, 36 of those players have entered the transfer portal. And the astounding stat is that out of those 83 players on scholarship, only 16, 16 players remain uh, from last year's uh, roster on scholarship. So in less than a year, we've seen 67 players leave Boulder. Now, some of that is maybe looking for a better opportunity on their own accord, which, you know, more power to them. That's what they're uh, entitled to under the new rules. And some of those guys were very likely what I like to call processed, where you sit down in the uh, in the coach's office and he tells you, look, you're just not what we're looking for moving forward. 
I'll help you in any way that I can find another roster, uh, find another team, but pretty much we want your scholarship to give to somebody else that we think is going to fit better for what we do. And there have been several stories come out about uh, some issues, or if you want to call them that, uh, about what Dion did to get players out of, of Colorado or what he said whenever he was letting uh, people go. And there's been some things about him potentially not sharing practice tape with former players to, you know, for them to use uh, to, to entice other schools, to give them an opportunity. Um, there's, but at the end of the day, he's not wrong. He inherited a roster that he didn't build that he doesn't see the the same potential in that he could go out and grab other players from the transfer portal, uh, and I don't see really any problems with that. I, you know, it, it's something. It is unprecedented, and I, I want to say that uh, as I've already said a couple of times, this is not something that we have ever seen, and so there is no way of knowing how this is going to play out. There, there's just no precedent set. And what really everybody is is wanting to know is is this going is this going to work? Are, bu- are the Buffaloes going to be able to overcome this literal roster rebuild over the course of a season? So uh, I, I don't know the answer to that. We've seen rosters decimated in the transfer portal, but not really to this detail. A good example was was last season. Um, Oklahoma lost several players to to graduation, to the NFL draft, several to the transfer portal, most notably Caleb Williams out to to USC. And and as much as Oklahoma fans didn't want to admit it, they they just weren't as talented as they were a year prior. And so what did that get them? It, It cost them a six and seven season, their first losing season since 1998. Um so we have seen the transfer portal have a negative impact on on rosters and and cause programs that are perennially powerful to become exact just subpar or par. Uh, nothing nothing um, could have convinced me before last season that Oklahoma was going to go six and seven, but that's exactly what they did. So is Colorado destined to have a similar fate or perhaps worse? Um, you can't go worse really than one and 11 outside of going zero and 12. And, and I don't know uh, that, that anybody would survive as an zero and 12 season at, at the power five level. Um, but this is kind of a situation where everybody just sits back, crosses their arms and, and says, hmm, I wonder, I wonder how he's going to get himself out of this. I wonder what he has planned. And it's really an interesting situation because you just ask yourself, how, how does Colorado add 70 scholarship players before their season opens against TCU in September? How do they, how do they logistically, how do you get that, many new players into a locker room and have them gel into a team in that time. I mean, it just seems, it seems crazy. 
just the concept of it just doesn't seem like it would make sense. And something that I just realized over the last few days as this all was unfolding is not only the spectacle that Colorado football has become, uh, because obviously uh, Coach Prime has weight wherever he he's going to pull viewership. Uh, you saw the numbers on on the uh, ESPN broadcast for the spring game this last weekend. He had over a half million people tune in just to watch the spring game, and you know there's excitement around the program, but to have to add seventy new players before September, or you know really even before. June or July, whenever summer uh, camp starts to kick off, uh, I just don't know how they're going to do it. But what Deion Sanders has done has created a vacuum. And what I mean by that is if any player in the country is unhappy with his situation, if any player in the country is looking around to see what is out there, what potential opportunities are out there for me to take uh, to better myself, to get myself to the league, to you know whatever their goal is, Sanders has created a vacuum in the transfer portal because that's going to be the first place that anybody with any kind of talent is is going to look or is going to question. If Deion Sanders is interested, why would I not get on the phone? Why would I not go from University A or B to Colorado? We saw yesterday, just for example, Houston running back Alton McCaskill entered the transfer portal and where was he crystal balled to just a couple hours after it all came out? Colorado. That's a former rookie of the year in the American Athletic Conference. Rushed for 14 touchdowns, I believe, and, and, and caught another two two seasons ago before tearing his ACL. That's a guy that was expected to be a major contributor for Houston coming into the season uh, as they transition into the Big 12. Now it looks like he's headed to Boulder. But why wouldn't he? There's obviously opportunity there. You can go and likely be a starting running back. You can play with guys like Travis Hunter and Shadur Sanders, and you can play for Deion Sanders and make all kinds of NIL money simply for being on the field in Boulder. It's the spectacle of college football right now. No, they don't have the proven track record that Georgia has or Alabama has at this point, but everybody is watching what happens from day to day in Boulder. That's if you scroll through Twitter, if you scroll through Instagram, every other post right now is about Colorado. When's the last time you looked around and Colorado football was this relevant? It has, it's been years. It's been a long time since this has happened and it, it really it, it predates social media because the last time that Colorado was this big it was the only way to get around was was through newspapers or magazines and th- I mean that's how long it's been since Colorado has been this much of a spectacle for college football and and that's that's the prime effect that's the Deion Sanders effect and so 
it's kind of interesting how this has all played out and, and you kind of, and you wonder if this wasn't the plan all along for Colorado because prior to the 2023 season, or sorry, prior to the 2022 season, it, it wasn't permitted to add more than 25 players uh, because of yearly scholarship limits for the NCAA. And, and so we'll dive into that a little bit recently. Um, the NCA lifted the yearly scholarship limit. It was originally 25. They changed it to 32, but that wasn't quite enough after COVID. And so recently they just lifted it all together, and that allowed teams to add as many players as they'd like, up to 85 scholarship players. And so because of that, teams like Kansas and Illinois were able to get their rosters back to 85 players and those are teams that have struggled to do so in recent memory. And, and that's part of the reason for the historical failure that they've had in, in the last few years. They just haven't had as many scholarship players as other teams. But it was meant or intended to help teams like Kansas, Illinois, uh, fill in the blank, uh, fill their rosters after having several people leave or transfer out, uh, fill in the blank, whatever. Uh, but, but what coach, what coach Sanders has done at, at Colorado is he said, okay, I don't like what this roster looks like. I don't think I can win with this roster. And this isn't something that I feel real confident having. So let's just cut bait. Let's just, let's get rid of anybody and everybody that doesn't fit what I want to do going forward. And Let's go out and get the people that we need to win football games. And he went on the air recently and has already stated he knows what he wants. He knew what he wanted before he got to Colorado, what he needed uh, on his roster to win football games. He knew prior to showing up that this is how it was going to have to be, that a rebuild doesn't just happen out of thin air. He's been on air saying that. And, you know, Yes, there are players who are quote-unquote talented that just don't fit his mold. He got rid of uh, a Colorado legacy, Travis Gray. He was the son of a 1990 national champion. And he told him, look, you're 6'8", 320 pounds. I know that you're going to be picked up in the portal when you enter. And you need to make your weaknesses your strengths. And and I'm going to be here for you. But you're just not what Colorado needs. You don't have a future here. And that's that's the beginning and the end of it. Um, so he, he feels like, uh, Coach Sanders feels like he needed to do all of this for future success to set himself up. And I would not be surprised. It, it just it, It's going to be the story of college football all offseason. I would not be surprised to see talent upon talent upon talent from the transfer portal head straight to Boulder because there are opportunities to start right away and it's just it's going to be fun to watch. Deion Sanders in his first year as a Power 5 head coach is going to have to totally rebuild a roster to compete. Not just play games, but to compete come this fall and as things currently stand TCU is favored by 21 and a half points 
in their season opener against Colorado, which is just, it makes total sense. Because how do you look at this and think that success is going to come out of this in any other fashion except for, well, it's because Deion Sanders is there. I, I, I believe in, in what he's doing. I think it's very, it's an interesting way of going about it, but at the end of the day, I think that this is going to end up at least working in his favor a bit uh, because they are bringing in loads of money that they haven't seen for forever. And at the end of the day, uh, in most instances, winning equals money. But when you're Deion Sanders and you can bring television viewership and um, the the hype that he has brought to Boulder, Colorado, you're going to get a little bit of grace period with with boosters and things of that nature. And I think that even if things do fail in year one, him retooling a roster in his own liking is going to end up paying off in the end. It's just totally unorthodox, and that's why you're hearing about it constantly. Um, it's an interesting story and, and one that we'll definitely be following uh, here on the podcast uh, and and on Heartland College Sports as well. Um, so make sure that you stay up to date on all of that stuff uh, with us at heartlandcollegesports.com. Uh, we're watching it just as closely as you are. Well, that about does it for here for us here tonight. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. We really appreciate you tuning into the podcast. And just remember, if you like our show, please consider subscribing and leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And make sure you send that screenshot to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we will get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. I'm Brian Clinton, and we will catch you next time out here in the portal.